And this morning, we, uh, what's been on our minds is this idea of bad news. Man, bad news. We're going to be reading from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and we'll get into what it means, this idea of bad news, in just a moment as we, as we say that. Several, you might have several different ideas of what that means or what that looks like. Um, we're going to look at see what this scripture kind of tells us um, and, and reveals to us about bad news and, and how we can approach it in our lives. Amen. So Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 reads like this. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it, it came to pass, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan and you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you. As I said to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And that's Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And as this idea of, of bad news has been on our, our mind for uh, some time now, we're going to read through this, this part of the first chapter of Joshua. And I want us to understand that, that with bad news is that our first thought is you're going to hear it. Amen. You're you're going to hear it. We've all probably heard the question phrased or given at different times of, of what do you want to hear? The good news or the bad news news first, right? There's says, you know, a guy gets called into the doctor's office and the doctor asks me, he says, you know, I've got good news and I've got bad news. What what do you want to hear first? And and the, the patient he says, Oh, give me the give me the good news first. And and he says, Well the good news is is you're gonna have a a new disease named after you because the bad news is is that we have you have something that we've never seen before um, and you know in life we we might have that question come up or we might have different situations arise where you know we try to avoid the bad news but the reality is that no matter what our choice is or what we try to do we're still going to hear the bad news we'll hear bad news from the expected places right Maybe we've not been feeling well, so we, we go to the doctor and, and we kind of expect there to be some bad news. Um, our car has been making all kinds of rattlings and knockings and, and pingings, and, and we just we feel that there's something wrong and we go to the mechanic, and we kind of expect them to call us back with some some bad news. Right? Maybe the place we work at, uh, they've not been doing as much business, they've been losing customers, and um, you, you could just see the writing on the wall. You're the low man on the totem pole, and you get a call from the boss, and, and you kind of expect some bad news. Sometimes, though, bad news doesn't come from a place that we expect. And that's kind of what we see here with with Joshua, right? So let's read this, this scripture again here at the first of uh, Joshua chapter 1. And it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
And let's continue. We turn over here real quick to Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 5 through 8. I want to kind of set the scene here for just a moment. Moses had a most of us know the story of Moses. Moses was was uh, put into the river by his mother. Um, there while the children of Israel in Egypt. And he, see, he happened about to, to come to the palace. And, and Pharaoh's daughter finds him, takes him in, adopts him as her own. And, and he spends 40 years in this part of his life, you know, and in the decadence and learning all these things and becoming, um, uh, learning these things about leadership and people and, and all kinds of things about Egypt. And But there comes a day he's out amongst the people and, and he sees a, a taskmaster, one of these slave drivers, and that is that is whipping and, and beating a, an, an Israelite. Um, he goes and he kills this man. Out of fear, he runs for his life. And he comes into the place, finds his wife, gets married, becomes a shepherd far away from Egypt, and lives that life for 40 years. And, and then he, spoken to by God through the burning bush, to sit back to Egypt to deliver the people out of that land, um, uh, deliver God's people out of that land, and take them to the, the promised land. Right, and we see Moses lives this life and goes through all this. But at the time where he is leading the people out, that this Joshua um, kind of comes and assists him, as the scripture just said, and falls under him as in this leadership, but takes up this role of leadership under Moses. And they spend this time together and everything. They develop this relationship. And, and you can imagine that spending 40 years under somebody's leadership, listening to them and learning from them and, and getting close to them, that this isn't just a, a boss and some underling, uh, that kind of relationship. This is a, a relationship that probably resembles more of a father and a son. There was a, a closeness here, right? That there was just this love, that there was this, this closeness that, that jo- Joshua depended on and looked to Moses for leadership, for guidance, for wisdom, for understanding, and that Joshua learned so much from Moses during this time. But we understand that from Scripture, Moses at one point was disobedient out while they were in the wilderness, uh, did something against what God had asked him to do. And because of that, God had told me, he said, you will never enter the promised land that uh, you'll be able to look into it, but you won't enter into it. And that's kind of where we find ourselves in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 5 through 8. It says that before Moses had went up into the mountains and was able to look over into the promised land, we pick up here and it says, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. So we see that Moses went off to the mountains, got to, saw the, got to see the promised land, and then, and then he died, right? He, he died, God buried him, and then that news made it back to, to the people of Israel. Now we see that right after this chapter in Deuteronomy, we go straight into Joshua chapter 1. We, we don't know the full timeline of, of when this conversation with, with Joshua and, uh, and God happened. We don't know if it happened right as Moses died, that God comes to Joshua. If this is after the season of mourning, we're not really sure there. But either way, I want us to understand how much of a, a sad conversation, how painful it must have been for Joshua to be sitting there and hear these words from God. Now let's understand that nowhere in Scripture do we see it elaborated or given or told that God had conversed with Joshua up to this point. God spoke to Moses and Aaron. That's, that's, that was the holy, 
the entity right there. That, that, was, that was the righteous, that was the religion aspect. The spiritual leadership came through them, and that's who God spoke with at that time. But here Moses was died. Now Joshua was, was being elevated, raised into this position. And for all we know, this is the first conversation that God has with Joshua. And the first thing that he says to me, he says, Moses, my servant has died. Moses, this one that you have grown to love, this one that you got close to, this one that has been as a father figure to you, a mentor to you, a friend to you, this one that has taught you and raised you up into this position that you're in, that that has given you wisdom and guidance and leadership, that has been there when you've struggled and had questions and confusion. Moses has died. He's gone. He's not coming back. And the first thing that Joshua hears from the voice of God is bad news. It's bad news. And just like Joshua, we all experience bad news at different times. And we may try to avoid it, and we may try to ignore it and not listen to it. We may have a car, like we said before, that's making all kinds of awful noises and never take it to the mechanic. Think that we can avoid hearing the bad news. We can have all kinds of physical ailments and just try to tough it out, never go to the doctor, just ignore it and avoid it, and act like we don't have to hear the, the bad news. We can act like that, that work is fine, and we might say you're fired, and we just ignore it and act like it's not a real thing and try to show up to work one day. But you're out with all those situations. If you're sick and you never go to the doctor, ultimately at some point you will get the bad news. And maybe it might be the news that you're on death's door now, right? You might never take the car to the mechanic. Just to not hear the bad news. But one day, you'll have to end up calling somebody and saying, Hey, I'm broken down on the side of the road. You might ignore the pink slip or whatever it is. And then you try to show up to work the next day. And they're going to meet you at the door and say, Buddy, you don't work here anymore. No matter if you try to ignore it or avoid it, you're going to hear bad news. You're going to hear bad news. Joshua, man, he... He may have hoped beyond hopes that Moses was going to come back. He may have watched him as he went off into the mountains. Saw this friend, this person that he cared for, this person that he'd grown close to, walk away. Maybe he understood what was going to happen, what might happen, but maybe he just sat in his tent hoping that he would come back. But here he gets the the bad news. Moses, my servant. Moses, your friend. Moses, your mentor. Your leader. Your father figure. Even maybe Moses, my servant, has died. And bad news does come. But thankfully... God didn't stay there. He didn't just leave. He just didn't say, I'm coming to tell you this, Joshua, and I want to leave now and just let you sit with that. Let you struggle with that. But he continues the conversation right into it, and he goes into this place where he is challenging Joshua to remember some things. You're going to hear bad news, but when we hear bad news, we need to remember some things that we have heard before. And that's what he goes into the scriptures. God continues to talk to Joshua. This is what he says. He says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses from the wilderness, 
and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Is this the first time that God has said something like this to his people? No. Is, uh, is this the first time that Joshua had heard about the promised land that was given to God's people? No. This was not news to Joshua. So why does God take the time to remind Joshua of this promise that had been made hundreds of years ago to Abraham and to Isaac and renewed through Jacob and then reiterated to Moses? Why does he take this time to remind him of this? I mean, this was a significant part of their culture. A significant part of their culture. Abraham put everything on this fact that God had promised him this land. Moses had came out of the place that he was in, left his home to come back to these people to deliver them to the promised land. This wasn't just something that they would flippantly talk about every now and then. This was sacred to them. This was the stuff they would sit around at bedtime and tell stories to their children of this promised land. Not that any of them had seen it, but saying, we've heard about it from our parents or our grandparents or our great-grandparents, whoever it was in the community that would pass down these stories and say, there is a land. Things haven't always been this way. We've not always been slaves. We've not always been trapped. We've not always been in bondage. There was a place, a promised land that was before this that we've been told we will return to. So why does God take a moment to remind him of something that Joshua should have instilled within him? Let's be honest. We can come in here sometimes, have a humdinger of a service, and God moving in a great way. We can experience the moving of the Holy Spirit in our private time, in our Bible readings, or in our prayer life. And God just bring revelation from above. We could be driving to work or some other place and just a song come on the radio that we just feel in the depths of our being and we just begin to worship the, the God of heaven and earth and of all things, the creator of me and you, and just have a wonderful spiritual moving in our, in our hearts, in our soul. And then we get out of the car, or we leave Sunday morning service, or we leave our closet or our quiet place, and we go and we get a phone call, or we go into work and, and somebody tells us something, or whatever it is, and we get bad news. And how quickly do we forget the good that we just experienced? The good that God had already done, was already doing when faced and confronted with bad news. How quickly do we forget? And that's the same thing that, that God is trying to, to help Joshua avoid doing. He's saying, man, I'm going to bring you bad news. Moses is dead. They said, hey, don't, don't crash. Don't spiral out of control. Don't give up with that. Look at me. Listen, listen. Remember what's already going on. You're here at the banks of the Jordan River. You're there, buddy. 
That stuff that you've been taught, that stuff that Moses has talked about before, that stuff that the people in your in your families have passed down from generation to generation, that place, that promise I've given, that thing that I've been doing for centuries now. Remember that. Remember what Moses has taught you, what he has told you, what you've learned from him, the lessons that I've given him that he has then shared from you. Remember that. <coughs> See, the good moments that God blesses us with, the moving of the Holy Spirit in a service, maybe when somebody gets saved or the, or the Word of God just really penetrates our heart, when God gives revelation through private prayer and, and devotion and, and listening to Him, when we experience a great move of, of, of the Spirit in our own life, when we're worshiping Him, when we break down the walls and lift up our hands and rejoice in Him, those things aren't just for the moment. Yes, we have a good service and have a great time in the moment. Yes, God can send revelation from above in our private time and He can have a great time in the moment. Yes, we can worship the Lord and and praise Him and give Him the glory that we are worthy of and have a good time in the moment. But those things that God sends are meant for more than just the moment. That great thing that happened... The Spirit moving in your life, the wisdom that God sent, the revelation you received prior, the deep worship you experienced, those things aren't just sent for feel-good moments. They're given to help prepare us for the bad things that are ahead, for the bad news that we will receive. Think of it this way. God knew that there would come a time that Moses would be removed from the equation That Moses would no longer lead the people. That Moses would no longer lead Joshua. And Joshua would have to hear that bad news and work through that bad news. But the reality is, and what God was trying to help Joshua be mindful of, is like, buddy, I have prepared you for this. Through lessons that you've been taught through Moses... Through, the working, through my working in your people, how I've blessed you all, how I've given to you all. I have sent manna and quail and water in the wilderness. I have delivered you from enemies. I have delivered the enemy into your hand in battle. I gave you all those things to prepare you for this bad news that I knew was coming. Moses wasn't going to be here forever. So I prepared you for that. But if you just sit here and forget about that, and ignore the seeds that I've planted beforehand that would give you strength and nourishment and all that you need to get through and deal with the bad news that you're receiving right now, then you've ignored the great deal of what I've given. He says, remember. He says, I I know I just gave you some awful news, some bad news. Remember the good that I have done. Remember the ways I've already worked in your life. Remember the ways that I've already showed you myself previously up to this point. And by remembering those things, the lessons that you've learned, the good that I've done, the ways that you've seen me revealed in your life, through the things that Moses have done, through the ways that I've blessed, cling to those, lean on those, remember those as you receive this bad news. He says, remember, he says, all the places that the sole of your feet will tread upon. I've given you 
as I said to Moses, as I said to Moses. So God comes and he says, first conversation. Not bad news. Moses, my servant and your friend has died. But but listen, don't don't forget what you're here for. Don't forget your purpose. Don't forget the reason that you're here. Don't don't forget don't forget all the things that I've I've done for you in the past. Don't forget those things. Remember. Remember. But then he goes on and and not only does he remind him of the previous good that had occurred, and not only can we be reminded in seasons where bad news comes, and even when seasons that it seems like all there is is bad news, we can be reminded that there is good in God, that God is good, that He has done great good things in our life previously to prepare us to get through what we're facing now. He does that and reveals that to Joshua, but He also helps him understand that God remains. God gives Joshua the bad news. Then reminds him of something that wasn't really news at all, but but that he may have forgotten when he got lost in the pain of the bad news. But then he turns around and then he gives him the good news. And then the scripture that we read today, he says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So I will be with you. I want us to understand. You know, when I first announced my calling to preach, before I went and preached my first sermon, my dad took me outside of the house before we left, and he read me this scripture, this verse. Where it says, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And he, he kind of modified it to to kind of build off this idea of, you know, just as he's with all these other ministers that I've sat under, that I've listened to, that I've learned from, that I've seen God use and, and seen God work through. Just as he was with them, he'll be with, with me too. And, and that within itself is a wonderful message that we can that we can cling to, that we can lean on, that we can be confident in, that we can look at other people and how they have went and how they've handled bad news and how God has delivered them through it, how He has helped them overcome it, how helped them get past it, helped them become whoever it was that He wanted them to be after this. We can look at that and realize, hey, that can be us too. But as I begin to study and read, I, I believe that there's even a, a more a simpler message Within this, he, he wasn't just telling Joshua, yeah, I worked through Moses and I want to work through you. But he's also trying to tell Joshua, he's saying, man, yeah, I've got bad news, Josh. Moses is dead. He's gone and he's not coming back. But I'm still here. Joshua, I'm still here. And I pray that we can look at our life and, and no doubt, there's 
some amongst us this morning or, or others listening that are going through bad news right now. That they got bad news this week or this month, maybe even this morning before they came to church or when you're listening to this, and, and they got bad news, a call or an update on Facebook or or maybe they got something in the mail or whatever it may be, and they received bad news. And maybe some of you have got so much bad news you don't know what to do with it. That it doesn't seem like there's any good news in sight. You've got bad news on one hand and the other. And it just piles up again and again and again. You're on your way home from getting fired and you get a phone call from the doctor that this has happened. And then you get an update on Facebook that so-and-so is sick. And you get home and you open the mailbox and you've got bills after bills after bills just to walk in the house. And then there's a water leak. And then to find out your kids are upset and hurt and something's happened there. And you're, uh, this is angry and this is bad and this is going on and everybody's hurt and upset and bad news upon bad news upon bad news and you're just ready to throw your hands up and quit and say, I can't do this no more. Understand. God says, yeah, that's real. you got bad news. But I'm still here. I'm still here. The car is broken down. I'm still here. You got fired. I'm still here. You've got injuries and you've got doctor things going on and you've got things that are falling apart. I'm still here. You got bills in the mail and I'm still here. Your kids are a mess, but I'm still here. Your family's a wreck, but I'm still here. I'm still here. And we can be confident in that truth and in that reality that even when all the bad news begins to pile up and we hear it day in and day out through our family, through our friends, through the doctors, through other people on the phone, on the TV, everywhere is bad news, bad news, bad news. And God just wants us to say, hey, look, look at me. I'm still here. I'm still here. Here. Now, even with all the bad news, no matter what bad news you are delivered, God remains. No matter what you hear from the world around you or from people, the bad news that comes your way, I am still here. God is sitting on heaven's throne saying, I'm still here. And I'm still working. And I'm still in control. And I'm still in charge. I'm still here. I'm still here. Here. I can just imagine as God no doubt was saddened at what Joshua was hearing as well. Saddened for what Joshua was having to experience and go through in that moment. It's his first conversation with him. And he comes and he says, Hey, I'm God, right? You may not have talked with me and I'm not talked with you, but I've, your friend Moses, we've been close. But he's gone. And I want us just to sit there for a moment. As we so often just gloss through Scripture when we read, you know, Moses, my servant, is dead, and we move on to the promise, and then we move on to what God says is encouraging. But I want you to sit there for a minute. And I want you to feel. The crushing weight of loss that Joshua felt at this bad news. And try in some way to conceptualize it in your own life when you received that bad news. And we, 
We don't see it in Scripture, but no doubt it broke Joshua. No doubt it hurt him. No doubt it grieved him and saddened him. He may have cried. He may have mourned. He may have been broken. Here in private, in in this place, talking to God, God says, Moses has died. Remember, though, what he taught you. Remember, though, what I've revealed to you. Remember, though, what I've done for you, what I've showed you in the past. But I want you to know, look, look at me. No. I know you're hurting and I know it's hard. I know you're sad right now. You're broken. You just want to spiral. You just want to crash. You just want to want to give up. But look, look, look at me. I'm still here. I'm Still here. And the next time that you get bad news, and the next time you experience loss and hurt, I want you just to take a moment. Remember all the good that God has done in your life, all the ways He's revealed Himself to you, all the ways that He's been present. All the things that he has left behind, little little crumbs to to show you that he's there, he's always there, and he loves you. Little things that he has provided to get you through this hard season. I want you to take a moment to remember those. But I want then I want you to take a moment and say, going forward, I could be confident that even now, God is still here. Even when bad news comes, God is still here. Because that's what he wants you to know. And that's what he's screaming at you and trying to get you to understand during this moment. And trying to get you out of that, that spiral that you're in. Then in all this bad news, he's wanting you just to, just to grasp, just to understand. He's saying, I'm still here. I never left. I never turned my back on you. I never forsook you. I never walked. I'm still here. Amidst all the bad news that we can get in life, this is the good news that trumps it all. He's still here. He is still here.